Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the program. 4020 Live. It is September, which means we are on the run to the grand final, unless we scrap it, and we're just going to scrap the grand final because that that debate's come around again. Because obviously there's nothing happened. No one's abused any referees this week, so this week it's should we scrap the grand final? Go back to first past the post. We've got to do that one again. John Davidson's here. Up the wires in shorts. That's what they're saying. Up the wires. Oh, you're in shorts. Perhaps we didn't get the message. Summer. It's 28 degrees outside. Are we not Indian summer? No, because I read somewhere you can't. I don't know why. Instead of American Indian summer. Australian, Australian summer. Australian winter. Australian winter? I don't know. It's warm. No real relief though today because it's Monday. Uh, the bands are fairly rubbish this week, aren't they? There's three no Salford plays. Three Salford. So Paul Rowley, you better keep shot on me when he does his presser this week. He'll be in trouble if he says anything else. Jacob Miller. Jacob Miller. Agent Miller is where your fans are calling him. <laughs> the new Brad Davis. Not he's, that he's not, been banned. Not it might matter, so good use of castles there. Ha 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 ha. I thought I'd let you say that. Well, yeah, I don't think we've got any Castleford fans watching. They've got their own podcast these days, Castleford fans. The Warrington fans aren't going to listen because, as you pointed out before the programme, um, they've won now, so, so they're good. And, um, well, t- Tony kicks us off. Here he is. Have you got enough lightning there? Notorious journalist John Davidson, who, of course, as we know, we used to be seen as negative. Um, in the past, but now we're like we're beacons of positivity. You've taken over our negative slant on everything. That's, that's according to the people on the Total RL message board. Oh, you know I've mean? always been negative. Yeah, yeah so that's for sure. Um, I'm on the the idea of that if you talk the, the game down, there'll be more opportunities to work for people like me. That's is that how? Oh no, right, okay. <laughs> you just talk about Andrew Postecoglou all the time now, don't you? Because he's I haven't lost yet. Oh, well, the Carabao yeah, yeah, Cup doesn't well, count. I, I saw Jamie Redknapp on the telly after they won on Saturday saying, oh, yeah, but they lost to the Fulham. No one cares about the Carabao Cup. Unless you're in the final. Um, the, the, the ex- that? I don't know. Because he's Australian. Um, are, are you banned from Leeds still? Are you allowed in at Leeds? Uh, I don't think I am. No, I actually went. Uh, were, you actually, were you actually banned? Or was it was it just made up? I was told I was banned, yes. Right. Um no, I'm trying to remember when was the season they were. Was it 2021? I'm trying to remember when they were in the last time. 
I did get in under their uh, former, I think they've had about 58 media managers usually this season, but Mark Taylor did get me in, so I was there for one of the national newspapers, I think it was a Lee Wigan game actually, so yes I have been, I've not been this season. I get on very well with Adrian Lamb and oh, Chris sorry. Chester, well, I think I get on well with Chris Chester. So. In one of the uh, old rugby league review newspapers, there's a, a match reporter called Thor. For the days when people had great, I mean, you give yourself a Greek Trojan, Roman, yeah, yeah. Trojan he, horse. One of the headlines in the thing was he had to pay to get into a match, and he was furious. I mean, you'd be furious if you had to go all the way to Lee to watch sixty-eight minutes, forty-eight minutes of the game because I can't count, and then it gets abandoned due to the floodlights. I mean, this is obviously the big talking point of the week: is Lee haven't got enough money to fill the electricity meter or some other conspiracy. James Child, you're roughly out. Anything else like this has ever happened to you? I don't think it has. Because <laughs> you know, well, no, when it ha- when it, we were talking about it on Sky because I was watching the game on what was the what night was it Friday night wasn't it? And uh, they were talking about they may restart at the same point. Um, After like put them like subutio players where they used yeah, to. Yeah, I thought. Well, that's interesting. I can't think of an example where that's happened before, really. So and they almost the suggestion was that that's what was going to happen. That's ultimately what ended up happening. Go to where you were when the yeah. lights yeah. went out. It's like on the snooker where they've got that shot of the table and they can move the balls back to where they were. Surely they'd be able to do that. They have the same kit as well. And then what, you know, like the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite bizarre. I'm intrigued, to see, I'm intrigued to see the start of that, or the restart of the game. Not what, any of the What, rest what of was the, the crowd like? You know, in terms of the numbers. Well, you, which you know, crowd do we get? Do we get yeah. the tiny <laughs> crowd? Or do we get combine them? Bigger crowd or, or not as many? Who knows? Apparently, I'm it was sure a fiver to get in I think if you'd not been to the game at all we've only given one figure here unless it's buried in Dave Parkinson's match report and I can't be bothered reading it properly because we're doing a podcast but I'm sure I saw somewhere someone mentioned 3,000 or something but again I could have made that number up completely so well, it was history history in the making the longest it's, game it's ever never it? happened <laughs> before and, ever, and it'll be a quiz question in the future oh Tony was there on Friday couldn't go on Sunday Tony, you are the paying public. Doesn't matter what we think. What did you think about it? How, how should we restart games in that situation? Because when Wakefield played Witness in the snow, I think they played about ten minutes. Wakefield were winning. It's important. Two 0 but they just started again from nil nil when they played. Yeah, I've been to fogged off games that have been, had to be replayed, and what was strange was the the missive from the RFL that said basically we have carte blanche to do whatever we want. So we might set this precedent this time, but next time we might do the complete opposite. Well, no, there is no precedent. No. <laughs> that's, that's what they said. It's never been done Which in history, has sure. it? As far as I'm aware, yeah. no. Well, that was yeah. the, the claim by Huddersfield, yeah. yeah. I, I, I understand the reasons, though, perhaps why they ended up with that, given the timing in, of the season. I, I understand. The, play, the, the teams are playing on Friday night, I think, aren't they? And where do you fit that extra game in? Well, you wouldn't have done so. You're effectively playing one and a half games this weekend, or one game this weekend. Yeah. So that's why they've made the decision. But And I also get, you know, from Huddersfield's point of view, you would want to restart the game because you were losing. You were losing. Yeah. And so you want to have another crack at it. I, I would imagine Lee were of the opinion, let's just carry on. And ultimately, somebody had to make the decision. So I, I, I can see why people don't think it's fair, but I don't. Is it a bit of an excuse from Huddersfield? Because when what? the game was abandoned, they were what? Uh, four points behind, ten points behind. 
with sufficient time to turn that around yeah. and actually were worse on Sunday than they were on Friday <laughs> that's what the scoreline would suggest wouldn't it yeah. so I, I, I mean was it their view that it's last chance saloon for them and they had to get a win in that game and therefore the best chance of doing that was to restart it but, but it's, it's the same for both teams they have the same opportunity yeah. to yeah it's a bit of a non-argument to be honest it was just interesting because we've never seen it no apparently in La Liga they do it well, they've been known to restart it? games when yeah. where they finished that's that's Spain so it, it's hardly as if it's something that happens too often is it it's not yeah. like the mid-90s when there was all those Eastern Asian betting syndicates co- causing floodlight failures in English football which was exciting for you know a few months I think it would have been in the first few weeks of the season I think there would have been a full replay because you get the opportunity sometimes in the cup rounds to get a replay but although Huddersfield were a game behind anyway weren't exactly. they waiting for when they could play yeah. St Helens so. well where does it fit into player welfare having played 48 minutes on uh, on Friday for Huddersfield to then turn up on Sunday and play another extra it's just Easter what do you mean <laughs> yeah but if they'd have had to play 80 minutes on Sunday that would have been an even more of an issue of player welfare yeah, because they wouldn't have recovered from the 47 that they'd played and then would these are points counted for records and history and stuff because that's the most important thing is did Josh Chandler break the record and yes he did so they, they also had a cricket day on Huddersfield so I think they had to get their academy team in to play cricket with the players oh. I think what we do know after this weekend is that Huddersfield and Hull are definitely not in the playoffs they can now have their line ruled through <laughs> Oh, are, we, are we saying that for sure? Is that is that definite now? Are, are, are we colouring them in a different colour on the Sky League table? Well, I think so. I mean, mathematically, <laughs> if they won all their three games by a huge margin, then yes, they could, theoretically. But then I, I don't think they can, because if I remember rightly, all the teams above them are also playing each other, so they're not all going to end up with 26 points. Tony so. was there. It was bizarre. We had to wait an hour to see if the lights came on, and they didn't, so went home. Can see both sides of it. Thirty-two minutes left. Lee took their chances. Wardle had just come on on Friday. We had to wait for an hour to see if the lights came on. They didn't, so we went home. That's that should have been what Dave wrote in his match report. All, all of it's blank. That's the only thing that anyone will remember about this game. But important win for Lee because not that they'd struggled since Wembley. They obviously lost, but and the week before Wembley, but. Important for them to get that form back going into these final games ahead of the. And I think again, being realistic about the league table, that's cemented them a top four spot, which is absolutely phenomenal. And I know people go, no, mathematically they could. I just think again, they will finish in the top four, probably fourth. Mm. But um, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculously good to win a cup final and finish fourth. Is astonishing. Well, Huddersfield did it. Without the win, didn't they? Getting to a cup final, finishing third, but yeah. not as a promoter. No, team. as a promoter team, of it. It's never you would know for you've seen every game since 1901. They haven't. That's never been done by. Not a, in the mo- not at least in the Super, Super League, League era. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When Wakefield got promoted in 1909, we, we didn't get to that. Did be sent to Barnsley, which we didn't do yesterday. We should have played at Barnsley. Well, it's a point difference is looking back at the bottom end of the table. So, Lee are winners. They are back in form. So, can um, we now officially say it's been a really poor season for Huddersfield and Hull? Yes. I mean, I know we'll are probably do an end of season with you, but... Are they both willfully inconsistent? 
that it, that's got to be underachievement for both of those teams, hasn't it, this year? Yeah, I think so. And I think Hull showed signs, didn't they, slightly earlier in the year where I think people probably expected them to have finished a little bit higher up. Whether they would have made the top six, I'm not sure. But um, I guess for Hull, it's a different story for Huddersfield, though, isn't it? Because the pressure comes next year for Hull if if they don't improve on where on where they finish this year. Huddersfield's the other story, really. It's in reverse, isn't it? In that they had they've had success and they've gone backwards. And they've built a team that their coach wanted, but they haven't performed. Whereas Hull is still in that. Tony Smith hasn't quite got everybody he wants. The worrying thing for Hull, although again they haven't probably changed enough players to make a difference, is that that's three seasons running now. That the second half of the season they've fallen off quite alarmingly, um, which again probably says something about the players that they've got. And the other thing that was interesting, having watched Hull on Saturday first hand, is that you always associate Hull with a really big pack and and a team that tend to thrive at the beginning of the season where the grounds are a bit wetter. And If you take Chris Satte out of that pack, which they will do next year, they're actually quite a small pack and they were dominated, which is, which is odd. I'm not sure whether Tony Smith's ever really built his sides around big packs though has he? No no, no, no but he's certainly really. inherited he's, I think when he first that came, was a Lee Radford thing wasn't yeah, it? Yeah he, didn't, he inherited it, it it takes a couple of years to change yeah. his squad doesn't it because of contract situations etc so you're right Chris Satter I think this would be a loss for them to be fair but um, he's one of the best footballers mm. in the competition Scott Taylor retiring as well but similarly from Huddersfield's point of view I don't know what their signs have been so far for next year so I think that, that's an interesting one they can't keep signing them at some point they've got to get that yeah they were saying last week the stat was 21 players or something. yeah, yeah. but disappoint- I, I would say the fans of both of those teams would be disappointed but Huddersfield don't get as many uh, headlines as Leeds because Leeds are more popular and people <laughs> click on stories about Leeds so if we say Leeds in crisis people might click on the video if we put Huddersfield in crisis no one will care no disrespect to all the Huddersfield fans because you do watch that video we put out they're saying why does no one watch Huddersfield people watch that video until they come up with any answers apart from cheap tickets so. what can you do what can, well, it just goes back to what we said last, what can you do about Huddersfield off the pitch what can you do about them on the, on the pitch there's only a finite number of teams who can go into the playoffs there are teams you'd expect there to be every year and Wigan, Catalan, Saints and Warrington just are going to be those this year again I think the disappointment of Huddersfield is that uh, two places. Ken Davy has given the money to build the squad that Ian Watson wants but that squad has got worse this year rather than better mm. That that's a performance issue rather than holes who are in that process of changing their identity at the moment who they are and how they want to play uh, the, the, the very strange thing about the game on Saturday was that for the first 25 minutes both sides wanted to move the ball at every opportunity it was like watching basketball mm-hmm. there, there was there was a huge amount of skill involved but there was very little defence it was like let's have two teams that are only going to play attack Leeds to Harlem Trotters and hold the Washington Generals but both Leeds and Huddersfield have had quite a lot of losses this year which have been narrow mm. losses haven't they and, you know two points one points here and there you know from a coach's point of view if you're going in to defend yourself you're sort of saying if we convert one or two of those or three or four of those and you're suddenly you're in the playoffs and you and, 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 it, and, it, and that's the margins I guess with the level of inconsistency that's been in the competition this year that's 
that's what you, that's what the the challenge is. It is, except Huddersfield's points difference is minus ninety one, and Leeds is plus sixty six. Mm. So not even sure they are comparable. I, I assume Tony's talking about Huddersfield here because he was obviously at the Lee Huddersfield game. He says on paper they have a great squad, hard to see. They just don't click. So how how do they do that? How, how do Huddersfield become? What? Good on grass as well as on paper. I thought it was weird when they signed Jay Connor because obviously there were issues who were there. happy to get rid of. Yeah, well, that's exactly Same right. Idea. I think you know Hull were happy to get rid of. He wanted to leave, coming back to Huddersfield, but they already had fifty-eight halfbacks and fullbacks. You know, they had Lola here, Will Price, Ollie Russell, Theo Farge, Ash Golding, who is kind of winger slash hooker slash TV personality. He's a full. Yeah, yeah, but rarely ever plays there. But they just, yeah, they, they, that that mix is not work. I know Farge has been injured a lot. Ollie Russell's had a lot of injuries, but their spine has just been constantly evolving, um, and it, it's never really looked settled the whole season. So it is, it is a strange one, Huddersfield, how they were mm. so consistent for the vast majority of last season to be so inconsistent this year and underperform. I say probably except for Chris McQueen, who um, you know I think. Has, has been probably their best player week in week out even though he's getting on in years will he be in, will he be in the England squad that's the big question isn't it? For, for the, for the test <laughs> oh I think if you missed out of the World Cup I don't think he'll be in the uh, but is he going to be there next year because they haven't announced whether he's re-signed or not I mean on his form you'd think he would be worth uh, another deal um, whether he wants to play on um, I don't think he's been as good this year as he was last year I thought he was outstanding last year mm. One of the main. Did he make the dream team last year? I think. I think he might have. I think he did. Yeah. I think he'd be a candidate this year, but yeah, across the board, I think they've missed um, Levi and Hooker. Mm-hmm. They've not been, you know, as dynamic at nine, and yeah, they've, they've they've signed another bunch of players for next year. Obviously, some changes going around. So Farge is going to Catland, so it's going to be a, a different look again for them. So it seems like another mini rebuild. Here's where I asked James a question because Tony's mentioned that. Uh, Jake Connor spends the game in the ref's ear. Uh, did some good stuff but questions every decision. Was he one of the worst? Um, was he one of the worst? Uh, no, I wouldn't necessarily say so. He, he was he was hard work. <laughs> but uh, but that's not a revelation, is it? You know, you, you can see that between his own teammates. Never mind the opposition and never mind the referee. So... That's been, I think, one of his problems, that, and that's the reason, one of the reasons why he was never going to be picked, uh, and probably would never will be picked by Sean Wade. Is he has discipline discipline issues, and that's probably both uh, in defence as well as with his mouth. Um, yeah, he, he, you know, he probably plays a bit of the joker on the field, doesn't he, with with opposition players and tries to wind them up, but equally. If you if you rise to stuff, then you're a target to by the opposition. Um, so he, I think he left his, himself wide open with the way in which he played. Um, and then if you try and blame somebody else, like a referee, you're probably just never going to win. Um, well, if you're not blaming refs this week, that, that'll be next week again when, when something happens somewhere. <laughs> so that's the good news. Um, Andy says, can Salford get a team together for Warrington this week? They've got three suspended as Tony points out what will happen if they can't put a team out just cancel the game swap happens in the women's championship all the time so just make sure the floodlights go on yeah it's you're, right, off you're right, right, yeah. alright it's yeah, a one o'clock kick spanner knock them, knock them out yeah. it's on channel 4 we're back on channel 4 oh yeah because it's it's international week isn't it so I don't know when England playing football but they'll be able to mention it on the channel 4 coverage. don't forget 
point at Salford what should we go big this week in terms of promoting the sport bearing in mind it's international week for football is well, there some stories we should be well, deliberately releasing this week three, three rounds left well something <laughs> I mean, tease the dream team <laughs> man of steel I don't know. Should we? I think we should have done we that should. throughout the season, Phil. Yeah. Start of the season. <laughs> we've got Magic the, Weekend, we've got Challenge Cup. I mean, yeah. is there anything? anything well, I mean, there are new stories, but we can't talk about the new stories. So you know, subdue the or whatever it's called. Um, As a game, yeah. could we not announce something major this week? Paul really gets a ban from the RFL. <laughs> <laughs> and tells, it, tells us about it on our league oh, yeah. where he's employed by the RFL no. okay. um, I don't know what, what, what story can we get out of Warrington versus Salford no no just well, no, because that's the one, but that's the one on channel 4 isn't it so that's the, yeah that's but if the, we've got a big background story anything else well, it's not a, a Sam Burgess second star redemption um, get again. Sam on fly him over yeah doing for feet that might be his last game again has he not left the country? Has he left? I don't know. Well, you're, you're the man in the know. Yeah, but... Uh, I, I, I didn't know anything that was there. No, that was his twin. That was his twin. Oh, right. Doppelganger. Apparently there's some other World Cup starting this week as well, according to Tony. But I, I don't know about that. So, uh, With lots of rugby league people involved. Are, are they going to try to sign Dong Young, do you reckon, after it? Cause, uh, well, he's going to the Roosters. Oh, he's going to... Oh, that's all right. Then, yeah, yeah so he's going up, has he been in he's going up in the world. Has he been in Australia long enough to become a... Molody, I, th- I think they changed the rules. I think it was three years, but they have got Corabetti um, and, and Vitavalu, so they've got two ex Melbourne Storm wingers. Um, yeah, well, you do remember them, though. You don't remember them not playing not in the NRL, though? They're, no. they're dead to me now. Yeah. Oh, right. Joseph Sawyer. It's not like Denny Solomon <laughs> retired. Eh? Why, why would you want to go stand on the wing at Sale and go play for the Sydney Roosters? But what a try on the weekend. Born in Wakefield, but it was made in Newcastle. It wasn't I thought it was made at Huddersfield, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, how many games did he play for Huddersfield? That went well. Uh, who can I complain to, says Paul, about the irritating trend of players launching the ball into the crowd after scoring? That's James's, that's James's department. Why is it an irritating trend? So it might hit someone on the head. I think it's when it hits like an old lady or a kid in the face. <laughs> <and> <laughs> it, it, it's a, you know, it's a poor year old fella. It's funny. Yeah. It's, it's not someone with a pie in it. Yeah. I guess it's, um, you know, unfortunately, sorry, Robert. It's probably Robert Hicks's uh, department, isn't it? <laughs> when when it comes on. We'll, we'll it's operational. It. It's something that will be picked up by the operations <laughs> at the RFL. So, you know, the RF, the, unless it was a deliberate act. Uh, to attack somebody in the crowd the referee is not going to get involved in a situation like that as a match commissioner of Super League games it would pick up incidents uh, ground safety officers officers and all that sort of boring stuff um, ah it's just part and parcel of the game isn't it yeah. We're all gonna especially when it's done at the opposition end because it's done half wind up uh, it's one of the that have been oh, no, it wasn't Louis it was Tommy Makers was it at the grand final winding up the Leeds fans mm. some still talk about that still well, you just did. Can we can we bring back the post try celebrations? What proper pro- like they had in Australia? Yeah, yeah. Johnny Bester stumbling. Yeah. Oh no, because that'll upset him. I'm not mentioning his name because he's a complete. No, but a- anything I think they're good. Yeah, they're good no, fun. no, no, no. All in favour of people having fun. Which is, I'm not the fun police. <laughs> I mean, we are going to miss when we get relegated from Super. We are going to miss their band of young fans behind the referee making gestures on the telly. So I'll wait for getting relegated. Well, yeah. Is that an exclusive? Yeah, exclusive. Wait for the going down. That's what the bookies probably say. You, you can't. can't you I, can't see them uh, extricating themselves. It's from reverse it. psychology. Thing. 
I do like reading those articles by journalists about bookmakers' odds when they've got no idea how bookmakers' odds are compiled and they just go, but the bookmakers think this is going to happen because they've said this. I did think it was interesting on Saturday that everybody decided that Castleford were now going to get relegated because their points difference was so appalling, having yeah. been thrashed by Warrington. And then I'm looking at the table and Wakefields are still worse after yesterday. And they've <laughs> won one more game. Yeah. And there's three games That's the, kind of, yeah, the crucial yeah. bit, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. yeah, but they hadn't played, Wakefield hadn't played yeah. that game yet. Mm. So I don't know how you could draw any conclusion. Yeah, well, the, we, we went into the weekend with uh, a picture of some people on a, a coach with Danny Ward masks on them. People saying, he should get the job full time. And I'm not saying anything bad about Danny Ward, but it's the stupid overreaction to one result. Give Danny Ward the job. What? It's a big game, though, for Cass this week because they play a whole lot home, don't they? Uh, and of their three games, I mean, that, that's the winnable one. That's, yeah, that's, that's a very, very much put yeah, them out. It's a very vulnerable game. Yeah. Next week it could be a win. That's what we're saying. Pull at home, Wigan away, and then finish with Leeds away. Although we did say that was a banker. Yeah, that's two points. <laughs> that's why if they win this week, they guarantee they'll get another two to good Leeds. Blake Austin scores the winner. Comings and goings at Leeds. Before I forget where we are on the chat, Paul says Matt Frawley to Leeds. Robbie the Robbie Rhino. I, I was going to put Ron in there. No, Robbie. Oh, sorry. Might be an illegitimate child of Ronnie. <laughs> claiming <laughs> going to the CSA. Uh, <laughs> stop. Move on. Uh, any news on Nelly McDonald? Not good on him if he has left Leeds, says Robbie Rhino. Possibly he's real. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything. I don't I don't know. I mean, I think it's interesting because I, um, I did hear that Adam Kieran from... Uh, Catlands, his partner was in Australia giving birth. He obviously hadn't gone back. I mean, I don't know how um, 2023. You know how modern we need to be about uh, <laughs> being in the in the. Uh, but look, I think it comes down to his contract. If his contract said you can go back, yeah, compassionate leave, or you can go back. Well, I'm, I'm sure if I mean, you're a sportsman, there's still I, paternity I, rights. I think what's interesting. Oh, there is, but it's a very crucial point of the season. Now, what, what's it, not what's interesting back. here is he's just signed a four-year deal with Leeds, mm. and I suppose Leeds just bought a flat in the centre of Leeds. So I'm not sure a why you would go back to have your offspring in Australia if you've made that commitment. I'm not 100% sure how his good lady was allowed on a flight being in the last throes of pregnancy and I believe he was due back on Thursday this week to play this weekend and he wasn't so I suspect that there is a lot more to play out in this and uh, his copybook has been busted Has he blamed their traffic control yet? Because there's people still stuck <laughs> in like Hungary and Mallorca and stuff. they can't get back so. But I don't know why he went in the first place Unless obviously support network for his good lady, but if they knew they were living here for the next four years, and that, I don't mm. think that pregnancy came as a surprise to them because <laughs> last I heard she was about seven and a half months pregnant. Not um, a bit pregnant. No, pregnant. obviously pregnant. Um, well, she had the baby last weekend, so must have been pretty close. Um, now that that looks like a, sh- a shame for uh, the club because clearly he's played very well this year. But if you put all the Incidents with Leeds together, Phil, and I'll put the question to you. Cruz Leeming, um, Blake Austin. It's a bit of a pattern developing, isn't it? Are are you Paul here on the chat saying, has Gary Hetherington been at Leeds too long? Is that you? you? No, I mean, I think the question is going to be asked, but I don't think it's down to one person, but you do have to kind of, I mean, I may have written something about this, but (laughs) you do have to kind of look at, well, at least since 2017, and I mean, Trent Merrin, Conrad Harrell, Tui Lola 
Yeah, we got homesick and left. Well, so did Ben Barber. I mean, he, he was a good player, but he got homesick. Yeah, but it's so Lola here didn't get homesick, did he? No, nor did Joel Moon when he moved from Southampton. <laughs> Conrad Harrell seemed to get better as soon as he went to St. Helens, or his performances got better. Um, I, well, I just, yeah, but I think you'd find the recruitment in the first place of Conrad Harrell was mm. not a bad sign. I, I think you could point to virtually every club, and if you wanted to do a long enough analysis over the ones that were mm. and the ones that didn't. But I think, I think the. The thing when it comes to Leeds is obviously they have the biggest fan base. Oh uh, yeah, that's why, the, that's why it's always a still. They've been the biggest club in the land for or one of, say... Since 1895. No, <laughs> in, a, in a modern <laughs> era. Uh, and they've generally gotten their recruitment, you know, Badiris, Lautiti, yeah, Joel in, Moon. They've gotten it in, in very a, right. In amongst that, there was always a Beau Falloon and a Mitch Age. Ben Walker. And a James Seguiara. But, but again, it, at the time, it was a great sign. He saved them from relegation, mm. but I think you could make the case for saying, "Oh, I don't know, Barry Ward at St Helens." There's, there's always been, but they seem to be. My, my point is, obviously, you can't necessarily get every sign right. But Aiden Caesar, Blake Austin, I think there's a pattern developing. Fusatua, um, yeah, but how many games? I mean, if you compare him to the the top wingers in Super League, Daryl Alford, you know, they're not really hitting Alford's the. An interesting one, they're not really hitting the ball out of the park to use Fussy a baseball. Fussy to him when he plays is. He's been concussed and injured for. I'm not sure I'd you can blame recruitment. recruitment no, but that's that's not a great result. I would say Lasoni, great form recently, but he wasn't. You but know, he didn't have a preseason. Do we need to put Georgia Hale onto that list because she came and then she went again? Okay. Yeah, very yeah. forward. Yeah. De- derailed the yeah. Leeds Rangers. Scored a try. Yeah. And I, I don't think Matt Frawley is the, uh, you know, <laughs> What's the question? Well, he certainly wasn't at Huddersfield. <laughs> Hot Wire can keep Jordan Crowder, says Kevin. He's going to Castleford. Instead of him going to Castleford, in, in Preston's coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm sub- Yeah. He'll only go to Castleford if Castleford stay up. I think Kevin is just desperate for Wakefield to stay up for me. Uh, he's, he gives me a pep talk every week in the comments. Why are you done wait for the fair the rich? Bring the points to us down to a win. Uh, down to so a win for Wakefield could be enough. So much so that I can't read anymore, Kevin. Um, but well, are you going to beat Catalan this week? Because well, they're rubbish now. Aren't suddenly they? So, now, so you know, it's, it's, there's a chance. And if we look at the top of the table. That is incredibly exciting to have three teams on 34 points with three rounds left. It's very surprising to see what's happened to Catalans in the last two games. Night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> blaming the pitch. Catalans, not the pitch the whole car. The magnitude of the defeat at, at home to Wigan was a surprise. Mm. To Hull yes, KR, Hull KR winning at home, not as much. They're uh, you know, underestimate them at your peril. I think Willie Peters done it. Absolutely fantastic. So, if, is he the coach we, of the year or Adrian Lamb or did he have to share it? If we go back to clearly, if Huddersfield and Hull are underachieving, somebody's got to be overachieving. Mm. Clearly, we, we've identified Lee as one yes. of them. The other has to be Hulker, mm. who came from a point of virtually ground zero when Willie Peters arrived. We, we interviewed him, didn't we, at the um, season launch? And he was probably the least remarkable of all the people we interviewed in the two. He didn't promise anything. He didn't um, announce some grandiose plan of what they were and weren't going to do. He just quietly and effectively said, we're going to sort out the defence. And we went, oh, yeah, but everyone's talking about their attack and you're a half-back and, well, don't you want to play them with a bit of fun? No, we, you know, we need to be a team. And he's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And his team plays some lovely rugby. 
and they've had a couple of serious injuries this year and seem to have rebuilt after Wembley um, and you wouldn't rule them out would you Dev creating a shock when the playoffs come they, they haven't made the playoffs yet I get that but you no you're absolutely right then. If, if, if two underachieve two have to overachieve I suppose and I think you've identified the right two clubs there uh, they play Huddersfield this week don't they that's going to be interesting uh, Huddersfield so with Huddersfield got nothing to play for yeah, lights go out after about 50 minutes <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. hope not when I'm going to be there when Hulkauer ahead the electrician gets the word you might be the only person there though, I guess if you Catalan if you want to get your season not, not back on track because it's hardly off track you know they're, they're second in the table um, but if you want to play somebody then that's a guess where it feels the side to play isn't it and you would think Catalans especially to sort of send Sam Tompkins out on a winning note would be you know fitting for someone of his career and standing in the game and every team always will have coaches or, or significant players who are going to be leaving at the end of the season so they can all play that card I just think Catalan don't go from three weeks ago we were saying oh the one went away from the league leadership they've been brilliant this year they've got a great all round team it's the same personnel they haven't had a huge amount of injuries that have changed their selection but every team has a blip in a season you just don't want it to be now but they can turn that around you don't but ultimately it looks like whilst it is a top six it, it looks like a top three really yeah. isn't it it looks like a top three playoff for, for, for the grand final uh, between Wigan Catalan and St Helens and it could be any one of those three I, I would say I think go on to win it Wigan have played their hand now they're looking very good they're hitting form at the right time but Saints are still the dark horses aren't they because they're doing enough to put them in a position can you where be dark horses when you want it for well, <laughs> but, I, don't, I don't think you can but, I, think, yeah. but I dark, know what you're saying they're though. dark horses because people were saying they wouldn't make the playoffs or they'd had a terrible first who said they wouldn't make the playoffs well, when, when they were down in <laughs> mid-table obscurity but yeah, I think, you'd, I think, wor- you'd worry as, as the other clubs that their form is on the board. I think if you can beat Penrith in Penrith, you know, you'll you'll comfortably make I'm a big fan of whoever it is on Twitter who keeps winding up the Penrith account when they're talking about their minor premiership by saying, Did it make sense or did you? So I'm very <laughs> I think that was probably Mav. Big fan of Mav. Um, as, as also pointed out on Friday by uh, Tony and Andy on uh, on the comments on YouTube, it's St Helens versus John Asiata's leg cripplingly leopards. So this is this is the big game. And it's on telly. So Brian Carney can top you up with whichever people he's got to the next to him before the game. Say, we'll do that and that and that. That's the start of this week. Well, I think, the, bearing in mind what we've said over the last few weeks about where teams have taken on John Asiata, <laughs> they've come off worse. Because uh, ultimately, you know, from a referee and a disciplinary point of view, he's not doing anything wrong at the moment. So I think, I think there would be... It would be foolish if they went down that road again. Uh, or not again, but go down that road like other clubs have done, perhaps. Um, just get on and, and focus on the game and, and treat him as any other player. Deny him the ball and you've got more chance of stopping him. He, he is so crucial to their attack. And, and that's, again, hearsay, because you listen to it on the radio, you're not there, you don't see it. That last 32 minutes on Sunday, the key men who've been behind everything that Lee have done well this year that spine of Lamb and Asiata and Apape played really well in that half hour if they're now rested and back then that'll be a great game yeah. <laughs> ok 
KR Wire and Lee can do it, says Tony. Look at the cup, it will be an 80 minute shootout. I mean, the interesting thing with the playoffs as it stands at the moment is every club at the top end wants Catalans to fall into a place where they don't have to travel to Catalans in the uh, playoffs. Um, <laughs> speaking to one person this week who definitely doesn't want to go to Catalans again in the uh, playoff semi finals, but um, it, it's all very exciting and. There are some clubs who aren't in the playoffs at the moment who would take a trip to <laughs> Wigan beat Salford on Friday, 26 points away. We, we never say much about Wigan because they just keep doing things and getting Watching on with that, it. it seemed a lot more comprehensive than 26. Mm. When I looked at the final score, I thought, I'm sure we're going to be a lot more dominant than this. Um, but they they played a nice brand of rugby. The, um, it's always a danger that when you've had such an, a good away win, how do you back that up in your next next game? They never look like losing. Bevan French seems to really hit his, his straps at six. Yeah, it seems to be really working quite well. Well, again, there's a contrast there to Huddersfield. They've got a lot of people that can play in those spine positions. Mm. They don't know should Lola here be a fullback or a standoff? Should Connor be a centre or a stand? Wigan have decided French is playing six, Fields playing one. It's working. They, the only problem we're going to go is their goal kicking, because in the biggest games yeah. that can hurt. You. I, wh- I mean, again, somebody who is far more knowledgeable than me on this panel. Why do they have to assist with Harry Smith, who clearly has a goal kicking issue? They're not looking at me. Yeah, I've never kicked a goal in my life. <laughs> 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 stood behind the goal kicking. There must be somebody else in that Wigan <laughs> squad. <laughs> Well, you were, you, you were just, I was, you took the words out of my mouth really, because I, I almost feel a bit sorry for Harry Smith. Well, the cheers when he kicked one must Yeah, but you'd almost feel like. It's it almost a damning with faint praise, isn't it? There has to be more than one person out here, right? There has to be surely somebody else in that Does squad. Does kick? Um, and I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes, but they must have somebody working with him on it. Um, but it, it almost feels like. Take the pressure off. Yeah, that it's now got to the stage where it just. I don't, know how, I don't know how you solve it. Well, his in-game kicking is still amongst the best in the, mm. in the game, mm. him and Mark Snead. His ability to pick the right pass is getting better every week that he plays. Just take the pressure of goal kicking off him. But, I mean, in saying that, I'd, I'd say um, with St. Helens, I mean, I don't think Makinson's a you know fantastic goal kicker. He's run of the mill. You know, he's not Pat Richards or you know Kevin Sinfield or, or someone like that. Bruce Martin. Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Top of that point scoring, I mean, I, I don't know whether they have um, somebody that's got experience in kicking goals in the coaching squad. I don't know, know them well enough, but you almost feel like they need to bring a specialist in yeah. for a couple of weeks to just uh, give him maybe a few ideas, Kevin a few Sinfield. different, just to ref- uh, just a refresh. Out the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Be available. Yeah. Yeah. You, you'd love you'd love to see that Kevin Sinfield at Wigan, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you just as two weeks teaching. Goals to Harry Smith. Yeah. I wouldn't say where's Andy Fowl, but I know where he is as well. I'm trying to think of great Wigan goalkeeper. Fran O'Botic. That's the other one. There was no better kicker than, than him, was there? I mean, Metronomic. Back in the 90s, he was just he was guaranteed no matter where they. It's Jake Wall kick. I mean, you're looking at me as if I know anything about the league. I just sit on the end and read things off YouTube. That's what I've been doing for the last eight <laughs> years of this program. Nine years, maybe he's the only one. But I, would really? I think you right, think they though. would have someone else. But when you well, come I mean, into the playoffs and, and grand final, it could come down to the, yeah. the, the, you know penalty goals, conversions, and you know that, 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 they, they are really important. 
I don't think there's any other talking points on Super League this week, is there? I think we've mentioned every game. I mean, apart from well, Warrington. <laughs> I was supposed to mention Warrington and Castle even more. Yeah, Warrington hammered Castleford. It's all the, in the last twenty minutes. It's Jacob Miller's fault. That's what the clearly told me. I was at another game that was on at the same time, which makes no sense. You've got two games on Saturday afternoon. One's on Sky, the other one. Make sure they kick off at the same time. Five at the same time on Friday night. But we're we're seeing the scores come through from Warrington, and it's probably not a huge surprise that they're ahead at the beginning of the second yeah. half. And the next minute, you look at your phone, and, and Casford have conceded forty points in. They did. I mean, I watched minutes. the game, but I kind of half didn't watch it as the game progressed because <laughs> it just became a little bit, you know, well, it, not not a little bit. It just became one-sided. But they had opportunities earlier on Warrington where they didn't score and probably should have scored. So actually, the score line flattered them, flattered Castleford earlier in the game. So if you added on probably another three tries to that. Uh, to the half-time score that probably would have been reflective of the dominance in that first half so it wasn't just I wouldn't suggest it wasn't just a second half issue they just weren't at the races Cass which is bizarre because to be honest again they're playing a team who are, have got form issues themselves but that analysis would say it should have been 80 rather than 66 yeah. Well, they that far ahead and that would be a worry for Cass even though they're, they're holding well, this two point cushion that, that was my concern as the game progressed and the score got bigger it's the psychological impact that that has on, on, on you as a, as a collective going into your game this week now playing Hull like I'd be able to just brush it to one side and you're almost there's almost no point looking at the video when you get to that point you just let let's forget let's just forget draw line under the under that let's just focus on what we need to do and what we do what we do do well and I heard Danny Ward interview saying some of our guys gave up I mean again I don't know how you then go into a game this week without wholesale dropping but you can't bring you, they haven't got the accountability to bring in accountability the, week, the week before I was at the jungle for the St Hills game and he said that was unacceptable so if getting made se- by 30 the second half he had something to build on because yeah, the Saints yeah, were taking yeah, their foot off yeah, the gas yeah but it, it was, was about 30, it was about yeah. thirty nil at yeah. half time. But, but to be beaten, that was unacceptable. What does this mean? Yeah. And this is but under successive coaches now. Is it? It's not just under the Danny Ward and Randy Lass and the league. I think, yeah, I think the cast problems go a lot deeper than because as much as I can recruit them. You look at the table. They, they have signed a lot of league players. <laughs> Wakefield are the there worst team in the competition. The league table does not lie. But at no Cass point, far from them. But at no point when I've seen them live this year, have I thought they're not trying the efforts on there. They might not be good enough. That's that bears out, but you know. I think they're clearly but not good enough. If Castleford stay up, which they're probably going to do, they're going to be there next season in the yeah. exact same position because nothing's going to change, is it? Well, I mean, uh, not to my knowledge, they've not made any major signings or investments, and there doesn't seem to be, apart from obviously, Danny Wood's only got. Well, they don't even know the coaches. Exactly, yeah. so there's, there's not really any long term players, it's just let's try and limp to so the end I, of the season. Which almost makes you think that is that part of the reason why he's saying what he's saying? Because he hasn't he hasn't got a contract for next year, and not saying that he won't get a contract, but. And these aren't his He's got contracts. a bit of freedom no. to so he doesn't almost, need to be loyal to No, them. he can almost just say what people are probably thinking anyway. I think the other thing that's interesting is clearly after this season, we're into that grey area of grading for promotion relegation and if you looked at we'll talk about Featherstone in a minute but, but assume that they go up which I think is a big assumption to make at this moment but assuming because they've won the League Leader Shield and congratulations to them that they do on just where they are then you will be able to make a direct comparison between Castleford and Toulouse and 
I'm not astute of the grading and the grading points. I've heard a lot of what Mark Grattan said about them last week and how confident he is that Castleford are moving in the right direction. If I'm making that decision as an independent arbiter of the possibility of both of those clubs bringing something mm. to Super League, then it's a stay of execution rather than anything else. Castleford's biggest problem in the last six months or whatever is the fact that Wakefield's stand has been built yeah. and he's, it, it's actually there it's not open yet but it will be so it, it looks nice it's got chairs and everything <laughs> you know it, it's not new like, chairs Rich I mean, new I'm chairs not, I'm yeah, not counting not any ones. I'm not counting any chickens because we know Halifax's stand was there for a good what 10 years half it didn't finish off the end of it did it but, but, it, but it, it's there at the minute it looks like it's going to be done for a big football derby this week by the way I didn't even realise this was a derby until I found out Wakefield taking on Holbury Town big big massive rivalry ultras everywhere you won't be able to get a, you won't be able to seat because the seats aren't open. You won't be able to get a train into town because there'll be police everywhere. Wakefield versus Holbury. Is that more than Osset? That Osset in the division above. When, oh. when, when Wakefield are higher, then we'll be able to play Osset and proper teams like that. Um, but Castleford, because they've the, the stadium is what it has been for the last 20, 30 years. There's so many elements though that go into that IMG calculation. Mm. So to add, I can't remember now what what. You know, points they get in terms of stadium, but well, I suppose if you're going to compare yourself LED versus Toulouse, it, Toulouse are better in terms of stadium. But that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say that there's more to it than just stadium. So yeah. um, I guess the clubs themselves will know better because they've had the, have they not had their preliminary, preliminary yeah. and then they'll get another score at the end of this season. Yeah. Um, but the, the, that problem that they've got is not going away. It's not going to be made any easier if they avoid relegation this year. The problem was if they get relegated this year, it's almost impossible to come back from that. One other thing, but if they don't get relegated this year, the, all the issues that they've got to face up to are still there. One of the things that obviously they will be greater on, and they do have an advantage over Toulouse, is their crowd, their average attendance. But it's down quite a bit this season. I mean, I think there was six thousand or so there uh, at the St Helens game, and I think previously then it, that average around eight, and I think they're more around the six. And if you take two thousand punters away every week. For a club that's not very wealthy, that's going to hurt them, and I know it is hurting them, uh, and it's going to continue to hurt them. So that's another issue. Um, I mean, unlocking the media room so we can go in after the press <laughs> conference <laughs> after the game is good. Well, having Wi Fi, if you did get in, is it now? Yeah, I don't understand how you can build a new media room that doesn't have Wi Fi that works. I mean, is there a point to that? I can't believe we're rolling. Thanks for the response, Phil. I can't <laughs> believe in saying nothing. I'm already in trouble with Castleford. The, the famed final game before COVID. We were in that media room, which is tiny at Castleford. We're in there. This is positively God. luxurious in comparison to that. I can't believe it. Doing elbows with Craig Murdoch and stuff. <laughs> um, God, that seems like a long time ago now, doesn't it? Um, is that all that's happening in Super League on the pitch that we need to talk about? Mm. I think it is. Because, uh, again, it's been another... We're kind of in this, not holding pattern, but we kind of know where the top of the league's going. Yeah, there's still a couple of questions about who's going to finish... Fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever. But we're ruling teams out rather than ruling teams yeah. in at the moment. And the interesting game is going to be the Channel Four one between Salford and Warrington, because actually that is a game that really both of them need to win. Not Leeds Wigan, which I keep getting emails from Leeds Rhino saying you love this fixture. I say, well, yeah, I mean, I do, and I, I would go, but I've got to do my radio program instead. So double header. Was it? I know, I'm, and I'm tempted, but I, you know, I've got to, got to do the Matlock scores. So. Pre record. <laughs> yeah, but it's. Yeah, but it's interesting. Leeds women beats the Helens in a game, not broadcast anywhere. 
So that, that's good, isn't it? Can we get a? Can we have a plan, please, for what we do? Because it's stupid now. Oh, you can't watch this. It's, I mean, in fairness, it didn't really affect anything much, does it? Because if Sol, if Saints win on Sunday against Warrington, which they will, then they'll finish second anyway, and Leeds will be going there for the semis. You just think that on the back of the Challenge Cup final, that that is a marketable fixture that would have a wider interest than just the fans of those two Women's clubs. football, everything else going on, and it, and sounded a, a good game. Thirty-four, twenty-two. Zoe Holby fit. Stars tries. Twenty-two all though. With uh, what was it about three or four minutes to go? So that's exciting. York are the league leaders, as we know, um, winning the Shield the other week. I think they play Huddersfield this week. They get. Oh, they play Huddersfield. Yes, they get the. Let's get Huddersfield this week on Sunday. Leeds Wigan on Saturday. Wigan beat Huddersfield twenty-six-six. Barrow beat Salford 26-0 Fev won at Bradford 62-0 and uh, Lee beat Castleford 22-4 which is probably a, not a bad result for Castleford the way things have gone this year but it's bizarre as that sounds um, Castleford still not finished but oh no they can't finish that one thing. but it looks like it's going to be York versus Wigan and Saints versus Leeds in the semi-finals which is exciting and the grand final if you missed it last week because um, I don't think anyone's reporting it anywhere it's going to be played at the uh, highest placed semi-final winner so York in effect not to write off Wigan I'm just saying that's where it'll probably end up and, and what a week for Leeds because not only that and I know I've not mentioned the Triscos in the NRLW yet but then uh, the wheelchair team won you were there sell out crowd at the, the edge had to get extra seating extra seats 68-36 so they nearly well, League leader shield winners, no. Unless they were to lose their last game at 180 nil, which or could happen. It, which could happen in wheelchair. Floodlights could go out. Yeah. I mean, according according to the paper, Warrington beat London Roosters 104 nil, but I don't think that was right. I think you might find it was the other way around. So Roosters are definitely at home in the playoffs. Leeds definitely at home in the playoffs. Looks like Leeds will be League leader shield winners if there indeed is a shield. That was a really good game yesterday. Really good game. Very Gary Hedrington is bin lid. Recruitment's been got in the wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> Simon well, Hall from Halifax. What's that one from three? <laughs> and the women. women, women yeah. Amy Hardcastle. Done all right. And when you lost, they lost all the players though in the. But when you uh, look at the NRLW, they're all scoring there now as well. George Ross got a try. Yeah. It's good. Newcastle. Frank She's the new Dom Young. Great try. Yeah. I did like the. Someone said should have passed it. Probably should have done, but you know. Georgia. Georgina Hale I think we claim her as well yeah. great track so Leeds leading the way in everything they? apart from Benjamin and recruit PDRL did they play this week I don't know well, I was going to say the documentary was on but it was on a month ago I just watched it oh yeah I watched it uh, well half of it before the Challenge Cup final and it's great did you enjoy it? yeah very yeah. very good yeah I'd love to see more documentaries like that hopefully Channel 4 can well bring that in but yeah without spoiling what I've written in the magazine we need more celebrities who like rugby league who have, have, have you written that yeah mm-hmm. it's one of the rare things one of the rare things one of the rare things I've written that that's actually mine in the column as opposed to all the funny bits but yeah we need more celebrities who are actually interested in the rugby league bits not necessarily want to play like Adam Hills but well I th- there'll be a, an obituary to Michael Parkinson in the one that's just been put together now and again a celebrity who, for a certain period of time, was a really important advocate for rugby. Don't really have someone of that similar ilk in the UK anymore. 
we've got Adam Hills and Helen yeah. uh, Skelton she came <laughs> Danica she's everywhere she was launching a beer the other day Rob Burrow Fort Reese programme that's got a good chance of winning because it's voted for by the public and like we saw with the statue at Wembley the public all, all from Wigan voting and no one else votes it's all Wigan people on the statue isn't it so if everyone votes for the National Television Awards which end tomorrow could win an award comes back to that sort of retired player though isn't it it's like yeah. the big names are Ellery Martin Kevin Sinfield James Robert. Robert. what we're going to do with James well yeah Robert. I mean I, I, I think he's someone who should be well, should be celebrated more throughout his career but obviously very much celebrated in the last and I, I think messages. the other thing when you talk about building personalities is we now know that in October on the BBC there is going to be a documentary about how the wheelchair team won the World Cup not just mm. the tournament but I think the cameras were with them maybe a year beforehand all the preparation but what are we doing about that we haven't yet announced that England are playing France in an international we haven't announced um, well we didn't even invite the wheelchair people to our own Challenge Cup final again what is the plan to enhance the wheelchair offer because you're going to have prime time telling great stories like Adam Hills did in the PDR didn't matter who won that tournament as it happened I was going to say even James going right to the Challenge Cup final but I mean you did didn't you but we, we kind of nicked you yeah, well, I did uh, through the Rugby League Cares programme for our retired uh, players yeah. so how we need to see your wheelchair players to retire then, uh, how often does that programme I think, I think I'm not sure whether the Challenge Cup is every year I might be wrong it might just be for the first year Certainly, the Magic Weekend was just for the first year. I'm not sure whether it's extended to the Grand Final in your first year after retirement. Um, yeah, I'm I think they're waiting to see if Catalan are in the final. Yeah, Depen- I mean, I suppose the Challenge <laughs> Cup they have capacity to, to 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 do that. They also do a challenge, I think, uh, for those players that have retired. I think in that first year. Um, so when you cycle into uh, some sort of challenge, which no doubt I'll probably find a reason to not do. I could see you in a charity cricket match being the umpire the umpire <laughs> <laughs> Magic Weekend reminded me because I was listening to the Brian Bevan podcast again because um, sometimes they say nice things about me so I feel like I have to why have we never done anything at the Magic Weekend that's actually to do with magic we've not like had some like stage illusion the great Soprenda <laughs> Paul Daniels David Blaine <laughs> I mean I think two of those may we may have trouble booking them these days David Blaine we might get him in I don't know but uh, the great surprise one, one for the teenagers have, have a box suspended above St James's Park with yeah. David Blaine in it well, we never see that. if he can get out more quickly than Wakefield scoring a trap I'm not saying there's more than one Sutton but there's a chance you could probably get <laughs> Sutton down there He's uh, people like Sutton he's popular Harry H. Corbett Probably not, but you know, but Sutty's an endure, enduring, endearing, well, all those things. Get a game in a magic weekend, which has been cancelled already, anyway, so. Tommy Cooper. Tommy Cooper, he's a celebrity. Tell me about David Watkins, because for, for people of my age, he was, he was the fellow scrum down with John Helm, but obviously he was quite a good rugby player, I understand. He was a very, very good summariser. So for those people that didn't see him play, he was very much the voice of reason on a lot of those bros. John Helm, great commentator, but David Watkins' analysis was was excellent. But he was part of that Salford Quality Street gang, as they were known in um, in the early 70s. They made a big play to get him. I think they paid £16,000 for him around about 1969, when he'd just broken into the British Lions. There were tears in Newport for weeks after he'd gone. Welsh Rugby Union went into mourning. 
Neath started playing in black because David Watkins had gone to replica. He was brilliant. Um, and still the only person to captain the British Lions, both in league and union. Very cultured player. Um, Keith Fielding got a lot of tries, but it, you had to have people like David Watkins inside him. Great goal kicker. I think he probably still holds a couple of records, certainly at Salford, for goals he kicked in a season, points scored. Played a lot of games for Wales when the Welsh should be league team used to. Um, occasionally beat Australia. <laughs> um, a lo- lovely player to watch, very, very cultured, almost glided across. A bit like Jonathan Davies, but not quite as quick. Um, was was there for, played for Swinton as well as Salford. And so obviously here are Martin Carlos. Um, just, just a great player, but a wonderful voice, um, mellifluous voice of, of, of rugby league. He was, no, he was great. And, and again, very sad that uh, a Hall of Fame is no longer with us. Can't see I, I do remember seeing him. <laughs> I need to bring that um, so I need to bring that big S back yeah. that, is a, that is a proper badge that's super a proper, badge. proper proper badge Friday Night Rugby under the lights at the Wills with cabaret afterwards and chicken in a basket and all the footballers watching so everything Bobby right. Charlton George mm-hmm. Best all all, of all because people like David Watkins were playing and again you talk it, it, the link here with modern day rugby league is it goes back to celebrities it, you know, if we had a David Watkins type figure of that stature in rugby union that transferred to rugby league and then finished his career and talked about rugby league that's what we're missing at the moment uh, we've gone down to number 20 in the uh, Spanish charts so that's, that's a bit disappointing still in Canada though the Tanucks do a paella see Toronto won again what we needed was um, Gordon and what's his name and Thinky that are going around Spain oh yeah tuning yeah. into the podcast <laughs> um before I forget, Andy mentioned uh, messages earlier on Twitter saying, with Newcastle confirmed in League One for 2024, we'll be interested in your thoughts on the show tonight about their journey. In 2020, Mick Hogan predicted they'd win Super League by 2030. Was it misfortune, misguided, or good old Rugby League admin that scuppered them? The Rugby League World Cup scuppered them by taking Mick Hogan, didn't they? <laughs> well, it's, I don't want to say where's it gone wrong for Newcastle because I don't think they're expect were they expected to do much in the start of the season in, in the championship. I, I think know. they were expected to not get not relegated. I don't know. Is the honest answer? I don't know what the story is at, at Newcastle. It's disappointing, I think, from the game's perspective because it looked like they were making progress, but disappointing that they've gone down. Um, I don't know what their what their plan is for next year. Um, where the where the money comes from from that club is it is he still involved? I don't know. It's owned by the Falcons, isn't it? Seymour Cody. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's funding the club as much as he was previously, but I think part of it is down to the it's an outpost and they don't have the local talent, you know, enough to, to drive them forward. I think getting players to be based up there is still an issue, you've almost got to pay overs to do that and it's not like there's a lot of money getting around the championship. Um, even less in League One next year. Yes, yeah. But your your piece with Cornwall, the other day, they're they're going to keep fighting the good fight despite the fact they're probably going to get two Bob Anthony from uh, from the Sky Deal. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, they're, he's they're, no idea what you just no. said, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't um, really. English. Um, yeah, I think I think their their viewpoint is is you, you can't be reliant. Well, the quotes from their CEO were that um, you know obviously Championship and League One need to create their own attractive competition, and you can't rely on central funding. I mean, I think. A lot of other clubs would disagree with that. 
Uh, and he also made the point that they are part of the pyramid and they deserve some money from the the Sky Deal. But um, I think as Phil may have suggested many other people, but League One funding will probably get reduced next year, or maybe it will go. Um, because obviously the money has got to come from somewhere if there's less money in the top end. sell some more England kits, that's what it means. We're buying England kits. If I could it seems to have annoyed a lot of people. Oh, I've still getting all about everything, John. If I could that's find true. the big Family Fortunes X and put it on screen for how much money you're going to get in League One this year. Um, Tony Pennington. John just tweeted an exclusive. John, what's the exclusive news you just tweeted? I don't think I did. Um about Matality staying at St Helens. Oh right, that wasn't an exclusive. No, that was an embargo. Oh. Uh, yes, he is staying. Oh. He is staying at St Helens as exclusive. Not, not exclusive Tony. for another uh, season with an option. You should have put exclusive on it. Yeah. Just claim someone else. Stuff that isn't exclusive is now exclusive. Uh, yeah, it's like the word legend. Should I put star? Team star. star. Is, Huge blow. Yeah. Yeah. I try not to sensationalise because you lose whatever integrity you may have or think you have. Former referee is James Charles. Same. <laughs> Former referee star. <laughs> well, I saw someone that was a legendary referee this weekend uh, and I thought, bloody uh, hell. Could we call him I the English uh, Billy Harrigan? Like, maybe we could get that stuff. <laughs> my hair's going to be a tribute to Bill Harrigan. He's getting a bit longer. One of these Hollywood phase. My brother-in-law plays for Warrington in England, says Tony. Mike Addison loves it. I also su- support a work Tony who plays for the LDRL team. It's a great game and getting more popular. LDRL's, uh, LDRL's great. PDRL's just... It's just ridiculous. And I try to write it in the, in the piece. It's like, just... You know, so, so that, got an arm missing when that guard. documentary opens and there's three or four people get absolutely smashed in a tackle. And you go... And these mm. people are just like, I wouldn't do that and I've got most of the bits you're supposed well, to have. Mm. Is it Callum... Parkinson who's got the big head yeah, guard he's got half his skull missing he's like they are such great stories England beat Wales at the weekend Did so another, another win a Wales had someone sent off how do you get sent off for PDL what's going on <laughs> Karen says the iPhone blew with Wrexham and the Crusaders he used to bring a decent away following uh, and he says a few Wrexham lads started watching the wire after things went pear shaped there so again sorry for them lads at Wrexham who started watching Warrington but so uh, who is leading Man of Steel now? Williams is now uh, behind a few after being an early favourite last Sunday. We don't, we're in that secret bit now, aren't we? Well, I was going to say, I actually, had, I actually had a look at the table today, but sure, George Williams pointed the website, well, yeah. but surely we're in the dark. Yeah. Tony's yeah. pointing out that the website is miles behind. Lammy's up there, not sure who is in front, so we don't know. Mine, it could be Bevan French. That's the thing that we can build up as a story we don't believe. It's I it's don't follow him. Influences have to be astonishing. I, I think Bevan French, when you consider mm. he's played everywhere, not only I think he's leading the competition for try assists. Yes. He also scores tries for fun, um, and he's smashing people in tackles. I mean, defensively he was never uh, a giant, but he's hurting people. Ben Garson, very solid, dependable player. Yeah, but he's French, so you know, way back when in the middle of time. Well, I know. <laughs> When I spoke to uh, Laurent Fresnel when he was the Catalans coach about Morgan Escaré not getting in the dream team, and he pretty much said, it's because it's French. Oh, Mine? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> I, 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 thought, I thought you'd fall asleep. Any players? She's either enjoying it so much or he's fallen asleep. I, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I, I think you've, you've named two there, haven't you, in terms of um, French and Lamb. Asiata, I mean, they're in the team. Yeah, but I mean, 
watching him live at, at, in the Challenge Cup final I could really see his influence when you're actually at a game as opposed to just watching it on TV and looking through the you know the the, the angle that they, they're choosing to show you you don't necessarily see this, the work he's doing as well off the ball and so uh, I don't know to be honest There's a, the, I don't know is the answer to that is it correct answer? yeah I don't know uh, but I think that, that there's I don't think there's a standout like that we have had in some years you know we had Ben Barber doesn't, I think won it didn't he and doesn't that just sum up the competition then that the great thing is that because there's a spread of talent yeah and yeah. the games are more exciting yeah. the quality might not be as good but because you've got so many people vying to do so many things there's more names coming to the fore mm. so. I think the other one who'd be right there is Wellsby He's had a very good season and been very consistent. Is he off to the NRL? Not that I know of, but if I was an NRL club, I'd be offering him 400 grand. Um, yeah. I'd like to say him Manly, but that's just as a Manly fan. You've already um, got a fullback. Yeah, one who's as bad as fit as you, Phil. <laughs> it breaks. He goes sprinting down a course though and injures himself. So we need, we, need, we need a fullback who's not made of glass. I don't know any sprinting. Um, yeah. Because we're at that time where everyone's going to get linked with the NRL, aren't we? Or, or have, have they done all their recruitment for next year? Is it all sorted now? Oh, you generally get you generally get movement at the end of the season, but I think a lot of recruitment has been done. I think that the the thing tied with the TV deal is obviously the salary cap, um, and we saw this what last year and the year before. It's actually the players, not necessarily the top earners, but those the Dom Youngs, mm-hmm. the Will Prices, who can go and earn a lot more just by being a fringe first grader not being a regular first grader because obviously Jack uh, Jack Wellsby I would imagine is probably on a marquee or will be coming into a marquee contract you'd think he'd be particularly with James Roby going there'd be some cap space then to, to throw him and try and keep him because you want to build a club around him um, but Lewis Dodd may be the one who misses out but I think he's got another year uh, to run but he has been linked with a lot of, I just as long as he doesn't go to West Tigers, that would be a that would be a career. Well, they do have seventy four halfbacks, none of whom. Aiden Caesar. Are they, are they yeah. like the Huddersfield Giants of the uh, of the NRL? I did. I did have a chuckle. Uh, the um, and I'm a big fan of Tim Sheen's. A really nice guy and amazing career. But it's it isn't any surprise to see where the West Tigers have gone. You know, he was sacked by Hulk Howard. It didn't really work out. We missed. And I'm not being ageist, but he's seventy two. Probably not the right. I'm way better than that. Well, Dolphins haven't done that well. well Two thirds of the season. For their first season yeah, they no, they started out. well, but I think I think Christian Wolf's doing a fair bit of the, the league work. I think Wayne just goes up and berates journalists um, after the press, <laughs> which he's very good at. He goes in the dressing room, puts on a cigar, so does the Clint Eastwood look, and just go out and do that. Yeah, but no, I think um, yeah, I think I wouldn't say it's a young man's game coaching, but at seventy-two, maybe is the. Uh, yeah, no, that's my other favourite thing in, in journalism at the minute. It's not the not just the stories about bookmakers' odds, but fans clamour for leads to sign X player and the thing. Yeah, but Wayne Bennett said, if you listen to the fans, you'll end up sat with them. So if I was Ron Smith, I wouldn't be signing all the players the Leeds fans want on Twitter because they're probably idiots. Well, more than Some that, not all. Of them. I think there is a salary cap, which means you can't sign, you can't retain all your kids and the players that you like and sign a load of other players like Sam Walters you can't keep him because he does all this can, can you clone Cameron Smith because Tony says he could probably be Man of Steel fantastic stat he's, he's, had, he's, had, a great, he's yeah. had a great season big place for Leeds so. Leeds players don't win Man of Steel do Leeds players tend not to no. win Man of Steel I mean I know it's who's, a, at, who's at Cass who's, who at Cass can win it because they always win it even though when they're <laughs> crap uh, Paul Vaughan says uh, Tony as well 
Because he had a bit of a drop off on him, I think I think he's had Mom. a good season overall. I think he's probably still leading the competition for meters or in there, but maybe dreams over. But I don't, I don't think Man of Steel. I don't think you can have the slide that that Warrington have had. It's still based on points, isn't it, over the season? So if you don't pick up points in a run of games, you're not going to have much of a choice. Uh, uh, and it always seems to be weighted towards. Fullbacks and halfbacks. Who's, and, and hookers. And who's hookers. on the shadowy panel? Is it still the same shadowy panel as last year? You're right, Ashley. Danica's on it. You should Wait. be on it. You should be. She's on everything. Me, I don't know anything. Well, that's why. I don't know much about refereeing, so I ain't going to get on a. I'm going to nominate you to be on it next year. Oh, no. You and Ellery. Is, is there anything Danica <laughs> Prim is not no, on? It should, it's got to be players, ex players. So. Um, you know, if you know if, if that's how they're rewarding it, because it, I think they've had all sorts of d- different ways of doing it. Haven't they? with players voting, that was a bit of a fiasco. <laughs> um, media and there's a contra- always there's controversy a about, about, about with with asking the media. So I think it's going to be ex players. Um, no. Uh, what else is going on? on? No, I think we're caught up with comments, which is good. Um, Newcastle play Featherstone Rovers this week. What, what team are Fev going to take to Newcastle on Friday night? Because they've already won the league leader show. That's in the back. I would like to mention Featherstone. Uh, yes. We can't mention everything about Featherstone for legal reasons, but we can say they have won the league leader show. That, that, that's sufficient. They have won the league leader show. That's not under embargo. There's no injunction saying we can't mention that Featherstone Rovers have won the Championship League leadership. Now, can Feathers and Rovers win the Grand Final? They can. Million pound game, whatever it's called. What, what I don't understand is, why would you, you've lost two games all season, why would you sack your coach? I, I think, think we tried asking, answering yeah. that and we still didn't know the answer. I think it may be something to do with personalities, but... Is that, again, did you, we not, have, <laughs> did you <laughs> not have worked that out before you I, made the appointment? I, mean, uh, I don't think it was a surprise, though, was it? A surprise that he was a there would, there or would be a clash of personalities at some stage. Well, it seems to be history. Okay, well, I don't know for how much further we can go with. This. Well, nothing's happened because I've read the papers. Nothing's happened at Ferguson this week. We should even talk about what's actually happened. Well, what's been reported to have happened. Well, yes, we, well, we can. Yes, <laughs> I understand. I, 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 I understand. We can't refer to any past, perhaps, discretions, but we can mention that Mark Campbell was arrested. So, so here's, here's the question. He's on, he's on bail, isn't he? Yes, he's so on bail. And has been charged. Yes, yeah. and he will appear in court in towards the end of September. So that. without reference and to anything... Sorry. No, it's okay. Without reference to anything, then. Yeah. When um, Ben Barber was accused of something in Australia, hmm. and Rob Elston and the RFL and here, there and everywhere jumped upon the bandwagon and made comments about he wouldn't be able to come over and play... So when someone owns a club and is in a similar situation, so say Pyongyang Pylons were in the top of the championship, my club, I own them, I get in bother, can, is Rob Elston going to say, or whoever, listen to Rob Elston, how is he? So he's redundant Rodri figure. Jones or... Is Rodri Jones going to ban me from owning a club in Sweden? Well, he's, well, he's only charged at the moment, isn't he? So but but the, Ben Barber was... No, he was never charged. That's, that's I think, the key difference... And I think I'm trying to think of an example that yeah, works. But I, I think the, the issue with the NRL is that they have their own integrity unit, and I think the critics would say that they're acting as judge, jury, executioner. And some players have got off. Well, we like, don't have um, one, and we just decided to have Rob Elson say, no, he's not coming. So I, don't know. I can't remember. You probably remember the guy, the um, St. George Illawarra forward, who for a very, got stood down for two or years and then got off. Yes. Um, his name. Oh, French background. Okay. 
no, no, no. I think I know his name, but I don't yeah. want to say it just in case it's wrong. <laughs> I don't um, know why you've done a live audience. Yeah, with, with Ben Barber. Yes, Jack DeBellum. That's him. That's a good story. Um, the, yeah, the issue, we obviously, <laughs> with Ben Barber is that I think everyone knew that he'd assaulted his partner. It was well known, but she didn't pursue anything. There were no charges. And obviously, he's assaulted her again. Uh, assaulted someone else since and got in trouble for that in Australia but yeah I think that was the shall we say grey area he'd obviously had positive drug tests as well which uh, the NRL had punished him for but yeah it is a murky it is a murky Mm. and do you treat domestic violence the same as drug abuse Uh, well that was the the point going back to that way back was you can't really have a sliding scale can you either say well this is One's one and one's the other. It's, it's a very, as you say, grey area. I mean, do we have a fit and proper persons thing? But but when you're already only in one situ- person on this panel, but when you're in, rule but if you're already in situ, you can't really with the Pyongyang pilot. We're, you can't really take we're in advance of events, mm. so it's very difficult to talk about it because at the moment he hasn't been committed and Featherson haven't been promoted so yeah. this is definitely a topic to come back what to what team did Featherson put out then on uh, Friday at Newcastle Look, what, whoever they feel they need to rest they've got the license <laughs> to do it um, also on uh, Friday in the championship Sheffield Eagles take on Keithley Cougars um, Sheffield who won yeah. a little bit 26-18 defeat who've dropped out mm. of play I still don't know what happens to uh, Craig Lingard this year. He could be. Oh, do, we, do we know? We don't know. We don't know. Well, he has a contract at Castleford, so unless they pay him up, which I think again is going to depend on which division they're in, because clearly if they were relegated, you would think that he would be made head coach. Yes. I think back they've got quite a number of injuries from what they I have. believe, and um, it just seems a shame for them that the sort of season seems to be falling falling away a little bit. Although they can still rectify it. Mm. I think the the really other interesting one is London. They were, I think they started the season with something like 20 players and obviously <laughs> lost a lot of games, but they've really uh, turned things around. And but when you see sign the likes of Dean Fare and Corey Norman, mm. are they going to repeat the season where they, where they upset Toronto? Are they going to repeat that this year? Are they going to become a super They're going to be a team that if they're in the current form and they can keep that going, you're not going to want to play them. Because the expectation level around them will be zero, but the quality of player that they've got, if they're fit, Will be um, a threat, and they now play in a Super League quality venue, not a pub pitch or whatever it was. It. But interesting that both Halifax and Batley, who played in the eighteen ninety five, have dropped out of the playoff picture. Albeit, it's incredibly tight. This is going to say there's an awful lot to play for when you look at you know the teams that are fighting to get into that top six. You've got what Witness on twenty six points, Batley, Halifax, and York. Probably a fourteen playoff there to get into the playoffs. And a fourteen playoff for relegation. Yeah, because there's Which another again, big game I this week, isn't there? There's Keighley's result against uh, Barrow at the weekend was a was a big turnaround from half time. They were well down. I think it was a twenty points to ten down at half time. They turned that one around to, to Barrow Swinton. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Barrow Swinton. And I was looking at some of those remaining fixtures, and the um, Whitehaven play Swinton uh, at Swinton as well the week after so Switzerland have got two big games there Barrow away this week and then Whitehaven at home um, Barrow's running Swinton at home Newcastle away and York at home 
Uh, Whitehaven's running at Batley at home, Swinton away, Toulouse at home. Keithley's running, I think, is the most difficult of the, of the lot, which is Sheffield away, Halifax at home, and London away. So, and York, York won seven of the last eight. They could sneak into the playoffs as well. Away at Bradford this week, another big game. I mean, James Hall obviously very happy to get the points at Feathers, uh, for Featherson at Bradford yesterday, so he can justify his previous points on the pitch. You know. Now, York, who he made the points about the pitch. Have they cleared up all the caravans? That's the big news. <laughs> Speaking of clubs, who it's clickbait headlines. Bradford. Bradford say we're going to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are going to do it. Yeah. Click, 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 Time to scrap overseas quarter, says Ian. Super League standards not good enough. No quality young players coming through at Cass for many years. Well, is that, is that mean Cass or just Super League? Why would scrapping the overseas <laughs> quota turn the? Quality threshold up. That Castleford. Anyway, I, I, I'd probably be in favour of reducing it one because if you look at obviously with the Colpac rule in the Pacific Islanders, they some clubs do uh, bring in perhaps more was intended, but you would have to put each individual's club's academy responsible for how many youngsters they bring through. So we can overseas referees. Matt Chechin was supposed to come, wasn't he? But he's retired. He was, yeah. But the difficulty what they had there was visa, visa regulations. They couldn't get him a visa, so then they tried to create a role where he was going to duel as a referee and a head two. Referees. No, not as a head of referees, but as a. I hear that position's going vacant. <laughs> as a two referee coach, because the ambition was to you know bring about two referees. I mean, uh, they left it long enough for the NRL to change their mind on two referees, didn't they? <laughs> but they couldn't get they couldn't get a visa for that either, even though he was you know considered to be an expert, and we didn't have the knowledge in this country. So um, yeah, bringing overseas referees is I don't think is that easy. I don't know whether that may have had an influence on his age. So Ben Cummings just retired, hasn't he? NRL, so you know maybe he could come over and referee mm-hmm. in the Super League, but I, I don't think he'd get a, a visa for the same reasons Matt Chechen couldn't get a visa. It's funny though, never stopped Toronto. Unless he's got heritage, you need to sort of find go through your heritage maybe and find uh, a reason why you can get it. Yeah. There's a very interesting um, story I actually read today about him. Did you see uh, his comments about his son? I think he was a referee. He was ben Cummings, yeah. Yeah, basically said, sorry, Ben Cummings, not, not Chechen. Yeah, um, saying that uh, he directed his son to go and referee AF Aussie rules, not rugby league, because you get less abuse. You just have to do that, though. Yeah, I thought the other. <laughs> that's the only ruling. Of no, it. no, they have, they have one. I think they have well, one. Well, you can't get sent know. off, can you? It's one of the few I sports think that you can. I'm you sure can be cited. No, you can't get sent off. You probably, so you, you probably can, watch more. You can, no, no, but you can beat the hell out of anyone. But their fans are generally fairly feral. Um, so well, yeah. What's those big pieces of paper? What's that all about? That they run through. What's the point? I don't of that? know. They're not Yeah. Those big bits of paper. It's all your just, fault. It's just going Who's football win? with a different ball. Who's going to win Australian MasterChef? That's all we want to know. He must know. Not watching it. Well, it won't show. It's very good. Leaving out a big piece of paper. Just on NRL and referees, um, history was made at mm. the weekend with Casey Badger and Belinda Sharp becoming the first. Uh, referee, female referees to referee the NRL in a, in a one referee system. So well done to those. In a long time in the making, and I'm sure I know Belinda refereed under the two referees system before. But yeah, well done to them both. Worked alongside with them both, and they're both hard working, 
Um, and uh, well done. So I'm trying to work out if, if male and female brains are wired differently for decision making or something. Assuming that so. women are probably more. I think so. I mean, I, I mean, they, they made headlines in the World Cup, didn't they, by refereeing in the in the mm -hmm. World Cup, which was which was good to see. So, um, hopefully, they can kick on. Uh, they got the last me. They could, but I think having just debuted in the NRL, yeah, you know, that's that's ultimately where you <laughs> see yourself refereeing, isn't it? And uh, you know, good luck to them. I think obviously they've got a debut. The challenge is for next year to try and you know build on that and get maybe maybe a handful. Uh, so competitive in the NRL to, to, to get a, to get a gig, and you know, especially going from two referee system to a one referee system, you immediately have your opportunity to referee in that competition. That's how they're going to get Kelly Beamers over to the NRLW then. They can sign her up as a player, but she can also referee. So they get her over. Then. The interesting comment on Ben, I thought that I read was that he didn't. He felt as though he wasn't wanted. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, yeah, that was the other part of the. Story, and that yeah. was. He kind of felt like a bit of a. Uh, a slight on the competition that he I think he would have preferred somebody just tapping him on the shoulder and saying thank you but you won't be getting your contract renewed this year and they almost created a situation whereby he was made to feel not welcome and I think you know when you've refereed more games than anybody else in that competition for 143 games that's a slight or more than a slight disservice on, on your career so that, I think that's a shame from you know having worked with Ben right from way back in 2006 I touched touch with him back in the Tri Nations when Great Britain played Australia and Sydney and that game, uh, both Ben and I were on the line in that what, game. What a, what a game! Yeah, to be a yeah, part shame of. Shame we're yeah. still talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I actually, I actually saw a podcast the other day with Willie Mason, and he was just remarking how he didn't even get, he didn't get, I don't think he even got a sim bin uh, in that game for rearranging yeah. people's phases and, and just comparing it to the modern game now where you'd probably get twenty yeah. weeks. I mean, the video referee yeah. was Tim Mander on that day, and, and, and his description was it was an overreaction. <laughs> the fact that hit him flush in the face with a punch was immaterial. But anyway, you know, I, you know, I've worked alongside Ben, a true professional, uh, and so you know, it, it looked like he's going to do some travelling in Europe. So we might see him next year in this country. You never know. Get to present the challenge cup. Get him well, on the podcast. Can, can, he, can he referee on a holiday visa? Stop paying for Toronto, Phil. <laughs> I assume Willie Mason's on this podcast this week, but in a few weeks' time, I'll leave and go to another podcast in, uh, in France or something. A better podcast. A better podcast. Talking of recruitment, Willie Mason. Um, I don't think he's coming out of retirement. It wasn't, wasn't a great choice. Willie Mason is not coming back. Um, League One, the, the playoffs have started. North Wales. North Wales. Eight points behind Workington and knocked them out in the first round of the playoffs. What a, what a story. We should ban the playoffs. Is that fair? Well, we should ban the playoffs. Is it fair? Ban the playoffs. The players, they're anti Cumbrian playoffs. The system is the system, isn't it? Yeah. And they, they, what a great they, result! And they played without a home venue, really, for, <laughs> for <laughs> quite yeah. a large portion <laughs> of the season. Weren't they well behind at the oh no, uh, 10 8 10 But they kept it. would be more than disappointing if you're working to that home, <sighs> isn't it? I, I don't know. I don't, but uh, who do they play this week? They're, they're uh, older, older this week, can't they? And they lose. Who was, uh, just got beaten by first. Yeah, how did you come back from that? Losing to, not losing to Doncaster, but being thrashed 36 0. Is that, nailed, yeah. that three out of four that Doncaster have nailed their opposition? So. Not the anti Wakefield. Clearly, uh, they're gunning for Hunslet. Yeah, just be already up, of course. Hunslet, Doncaster, 6 o'clock on Sunday, because I think there's a wedding on or something at the South East Stadium. Uh, Elimination semi-final. Oh, I'm assuming the Oldham North Wales game is on the Sportsman, but I don't know. They've not put on that. They are showing, yeah, one each week. Yeah. yeah. So, Phil, can you tell us what's happened to the scores? 
I can't tell you. I think they've still scored more points than Wake. Yeah, yeah, two points. <laughs> and that's two the points. Thing <laughs> and they still haven't, they haven't played again this week. Oh no, they haven't. No, I mean, Wakefield have gone above them. In fairness, oh know, no, they haven't. There's a whole column, a whole column as in column, in the paper, the letter space dedicated to people saying, what's going on about saying, what's the point of the scholars? So, is it some Mr. Maskell, the honorary director? Well, Probably owns them, as I it? understand, he uh, helped broker the deal for them to be taken over, which now was approved happened. by the RFL and now hasn't happened. So they really seem to be treading water. I mean, I think it all goes, ties back to the what are we doing with London? What's the strategy? Is there a strategy? How do you spell strategy? We're hoping they flute their way back mean? into Super League again. It's London McCarthy Scarf. We're going to take over the chief executive of combined London team it could be captain coach CEO that'd be, he, yeah. he'd be well, he's, he's still playing well so it'd be, it'd be a good fit he's going to be a fireman is he where is he going to be uh, down St. Helens in St. Helens he's staying there he's going to stay there well, do, is well, he good with floodlights <laughs> he's a plumber as well as a is there anything he can't do <sighs> and he's Irish and English so. I guess plumbing comes in handy when you're yeah, yeah water exactly. over a fire. Yeah, you're just trying to get taps. So. Just, uh, <laughs> coupling the hose. Yeah. I think, um, again, I'm, I'm biased, but when we're talking about personalities who we should be promoting when they retire, you've got a classic one there. Can we, can we make a correction immediately? White Line Fever TV, I was never a director. I helped out <laughs> last year a bit. Well, I, the, the question was wasn't, wasn't yeah, clearly it wasn't. Um, Hello, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I only get slamming Sam for a season? He sounds have another season like this and don't make the top eight, says Andy. What's, what's, what's going on there? What's going on at Sam's? That's a good. That's a good question. Uh, that was my tip to win it all this oh, year, well. so it shows how much I know. Um, but you're above yeah. me in the media tipping competition, though, so that's. I can tip, I can, not too bad tipping, you know, actual week to week results. Week. I mean, not great, but not terrible, but yeah. Um, yeah, South Sydney is, yeah, very disappointing season for the, the squad that they have on paper. Um, to miss the eight is... The playoffs are fantastic. And they're all, well, I think the first Pen- round of games are all going to be sellouts. I think the Penrith uh, regeneration, which much like St Helens, you know, they, they didn't start the year on, on fire. Um, but the way they've turned around your beloved Broncos what a season but if, if they, they don't make to the grand final is that a I think they'll win it you'll think they'll win it mm-hmm. yeah. no bias there would they come over here to play St Helens in the World Club Challenge thing? they would they've been before I think um, the other one is the Knights I mean Brian I think McDermott. I think in, uh, <laughs> yeah at least three years Brian McDermott, no, Brian McDermott yeah. but nine weeks ago when they were shit um, was that Brian McDermott or just no no that's when he, after, after that that's game oh, right, right, I right. still think they can win the he was too busy in Merriweather alone to surf and then he decided to go <laughs> no he just went back yeah. I don't know Brian uh, well uh, I was just about to say in your uh, beloved magazine say uh, a certain George Clark I believe uh, fantastically wrote that Adam O'Brien was going to be the first coach sacked or something which I agree yeah, yeah. because they were terrible last year and they started this year terribly and then Ponga went down with concussion but they've won nine games in a row ever since Christian Wolves took the piss out of them in a press conference. So, um, yeah, it's amazing to see how well they've done. Jackson Hastings, Dom Young, uh, yeah. Um, 
I mean, Andy says, can't see Dimitri keeping his job for very long that season. So I start start that because that means all the Wakefield fans will think he's going to take over from Mark Applegarth <laughs> whenever Mark, Mark Applegarth's not at Wakefield anymore. Um, I'm sure there's something I was going to say finally, but I can't think what it was. Man. Oh, yeah, how many members of uh, St. Helens staff do you reckon are going to be on the Tonga staff by the time the <laughs> tour comes around? Paul Wellens is on there now. Obviously, Griston Ball, four man. There must be a few others knocking around. Mike Smith might get a job doing, doing the water Paul or something. Anderson. Paul Anderson. Beck Hardman, Craig Richards, they're all there, they could do all good jobs. Don't actually need any help in the media, so Certainly save some money flying them over from Australia and put them up in hotels. Do you not understand the, the big we don't like the England show thing, is it? Because in Australia you just wear green and gold all the time. Well, well we don't well, play, we don't so play. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need a jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I did see some people um, unhappy because I imagine there are kit nerds I mean I'm not, I'm not a kit nerd myself but they like to buy every kit and then is it a year or even less than a year yeah, well, um, we, yeah we had the MND kit for the yeah. fans test but that was, spe- that was a special charity one. and we had the World Cup kit which was the second World Cup kit because the first World Cup was spelled because but then there was the blue kit and usually it's yeah. white and red yeah but they're never going to play in the World Cup kit because it's a World Cup no. kit so there's always going to be a new kit and then mid-season was a one-off kit and, so and Tonga wear red I understand yeah. So, so we can't wear your extensive we, research. Yeah, they're, they're red. Tonga's they're red, so we can't wear red against Tonga. Why not? Like well, kit class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On BBC One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just play them in there. White and red versus red and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah, excellent. Go buy the shirt then, um, uh, John. Have you got anything? Uh, any exclusives? Yeah. Any legends? Um, any any um, any embargoes on the break? No, I don't want to get kicked out. Yeah, I don't want to get kicked off any more media lists. Um, no, I think it's interesting. Obviously, recruitment-wise, um, I think a lot of things have already been reported. But yeah, I'm sure Hull FC. Uh, looking Jay for Jaden Yeah, that's strange. Yeah, I mean, when you're not generally very good at the Bulldogs, who've been the worst club along with the Tigers, I think. Yeah. That, I mean, I mean, Hull FC do have a, a renowned big staff of their media team, so maybe we could join them on their social media department. I think, yeah, whether the uh, you know a fullback or a, or a halfback or a halfback who can play fullback would probably be their their key target. But um, yeah, I think there's still some some movement to be made around, and obviously some players leaving certain clubs. So yeah, we're in for an interesting. You have to spend the next month watching that other thing because there's Australians involved in it. Well, I'll probably be excommunicated by a lot of people, but I don't mind watching rugby union sometimes. And Last time on this podcast. I think, <laughs> I think actually, I mean... Sometimes they score tries. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Not, not if you're watching England play. Um, but no, no, I think uh, the interesting point with that World Cup, and I think um, we could compare it to the Rugby League World Cup, but now we've decided to kick out all the nations that we've been developing, but... They actually legitimately are the Georges. There's Portugal coming in, Chile, uh, Chile, sorry, Chile, um, Chile, yeah. and obviously they've copied us and decided to change their rules for the Polynesians. That now you've got all blacks who can go and play for Tonga. No, they've just completely come up with that off the top. Of yeah, the well, no, no, like I, the bunker. Like I the think bunker. they have. They have looked at the heritage rules that rugby league is. Not according to the articles I read. Not completely new, exciting. Yeah. Have you written your column for the magazine, James? I have. Oh, oh, so, oh look at that. He's look one of the first. That's why I was distracted watching Wigan Salford. Yeah, half watching that and half writing Always one of the first. When's the magazine? Is it next, next week? It, yes, it'll go to print this weekend. 
Have you written yours? Yes, I have. I have. <laughs> I did it on Saturday morning because I watched the Adam Hill's documentary and then I wrote a thousand words while I was watching it, so I've done it now. Have so. I written that? You've got to write the whole of the magazine, though. That's the, that's the problem. Well, you mentioned the new story that we've kind of not mentioned, but has been mentioned in it. Uh, look, light's getting dark. It's like being. Might ask um, Craig Lingard if he wants to mention it, but probably won't. Uh, the, 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 the conditions here, like in Lee. Again, gloomy. Are we going to have to come back tomorrow and do the last ten minutes? <laughs> no, I remember where we were sitting. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so the end of what was it, Naked Gun or um, Police Squad, where they all freeze at the end while the time's gone. Um, interesting that Lee floodlights went out at the same time. Blackpool illuminations were yeah. switched on. Says Andy. Yeah, absolutely um, right. Sadly, at Lee, they didn't have Sophie Ellis Baxter. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.